Greetings and welcome to the fourth episode of the Zoom for Sam podcast, the show where I share my joy of Samantha Fox by spotlighting a single single every single episode. I am your host, the somewhat cheeky when not completely naughty Zoom Yukonori, and I am enjoying the show's new home on the equally new Fire and Water Records podcast feed, devoted to the network's love of music and music artists. And what better way to celebrate that love than by showcasing another one of my favorite songs from Angel with an Attitude, Miss Fox's sixth studio album released in 2005. The twelfth track is a touching ballad entitled Dreams Unfold.
My initial impression from listening to this song was essentially a straightforward view of the pursuit of love, and sometimes in that pursuit, how the journey could actually lead one astray, forcing them to leave what they love, sometimes without their realizing it, until a search of the heart, or listening to one's inner voice, would clue them in to where their love truly lies. Again, very straightforward, which would mean that the line, tonight all my dreams unfold, would imply the act of celebrating that newfound love. Not to suggest that this ballad was, well, suggestive, at least not beyond a subtle sense. The lyrics of the chorus go far beyond physical consummation, as Ms. Fox stated that, quote, the hand of love had touched her soul. Of course, chasing a dream of love is just one way of reading the lyrics of this song. Ms. Fox herself provided a different interpretation when she had told me about what inspired the creation of Dreams Unfold. Dreams Unfold. Yeah, this is one of my favourite songs, and I was doing a film called The Match up in Scotland, and... Um, I was uh, hoping to write the title track for the movie and it's about a boy whose dream is to be a football player but unfortunately he has a, a very crippling disease of the hip uh, where he has to wear a very special caliper on his leg and this song where my dreams unfold is about one day he gets to play in a football match and he scores a goal so that song is all about your dreams can always come true so I'm really glad that you like it too. I will admit, I made it a point to track down a copy of The Match while I was in the UK in 2003, specifically due to the fact that Samantha Fox had a role in the film. Even though she portrayed a minor character named Patsy, a barmaid that added a friendly feminine presence to a village pub that was under the threat of a rival bar, Ms. Fox's summary of the film revolved around the main character of the piece, the young man with the crippling disease, Wooly Smith, played by Max Beasley, and the cathartic fulfillment of his dream to play football would not be recognized by those who had not seen the film, as most write-ups of the match tend to focus on the situation around the story's football match itself, which was between two teams of patrons of two rival pubs in the fictional Scottish village of Inverdun, with a century-old wager by the original founders that would have the losing team lose their pub to the winner. Ms. Fox's character worked for the pub with the underdog team, the beloved Benny's Bar, while the abhorrent owner of the other pub, Le Bistro, was so sure of their victory that he had already booked a bulldozer to demolish Benny's Bar and replace it with a car park. Wooly Smith seemed resigned to serve as the village milkman, and while unable to play his beloved game, Wooly did have an encyclopedic knowledge of football tactics and statistics, which made him the ideal coach for the Benny's Bar team. And through a series of circumstances that typically happen in movies, Wooly had to step in the game as the 11th man and decided the match by kicking the winning penalty goal. And yes, I admit I had spoiled the overall outcome of the movie, 
but I am sure that everyone who knew about the film also knew how the story was going to end, even before they began viewing it. And that does not matter. Several other UK films have just as predictable storylines, but it's the characters and the moments with hot and camaraderie and humanity that make good feel films like The Match a charming and enjoyable watch. And while Ms. Fox's character of Patsy the Barmaid was mostly relegated to the background, she did have a few opportunities to contribute some of these human elements to the forefront, either with a judgmental facial expression, a sniffly farewell to a departed friend, or a sharp dismissal of a snide proposition. And despite the film's title, there was a key subplot of the story unrelated to the village football match, about Wooly's aim to romance a girl that he had fancied for years and who had just returned home from her studies. So I suppose some of my earlier pursuit of love interpretation for Dreams Unfold does work for the match connection as well. The pursuit of a dream, and actually achieving it, are themes to which everyone can relate on some level. In my case, the chase after my aspirations had many times taken an unexpected turn. I had actually fulfilled my childhood dream to become a comic book artist in my mid-twenties, only to find that the work involved in that vocation was anything but a dream. Then there were the dreams on which I had essentially given up, and yet they still somehow unfold unexpectedly. I had thought my hopes for true love were dashed at age 16 after a terrible car accident, until a wonderful woman happened to enter my life decades later and prove me wrong. Sometimes the best things in life truly are not planned. Some lyrics of Dreams Unfold that I found to be particularly poignant to me involved the idea of having to give up or at least move away from, certain aspects of one's life to pursue a dream, such as a familiar home, a secure job, or even friends and loved ones. I have lived in twelve countries and dozen more cities and towns in my lifetime, due to my having to follow my parents until I came of age, and then my post-uni pursuits of opportunities in art and advertising. And as the song goes, Saying goodbye to each home and local friends were difficult each and every time. But there was really only one instance in which I had to leave a sacred place, which was my wife and family, for over a year in order to help another family member achieve what was to be a lifelong goal. In my Done in One Wonders comic book podcast, I had talked about my dear Uncle Kenzo, who was a long-time comic book collector and essentially fostered my love of comic books and comic book collecting at the impressionable age of 10. 
and Uncle Kenzo had provided me with a great deal of advice and support in many other aspects of my life over the years since. During the Christmas holiday in 2012, my family visited my uncle and his wife in Kokobunji, Japan, where they had essentially settled down to live in their later years. We were there for just a few weeks, and my uncle was sadly in declining health. It was during this visit that I had learned that my auntie Miyu had their son, my cousin Satu, to be the healthcare proxy because she didn't feel that she could handle all the complexity of arranging my uncle's care. However, she had expressed to me during our visit some concerns that my uncle may not have been receiving all of the care that he needed. While I was no expert, I did have some work colleagues that were, and after looking into my uncle's case, it seemed that Satu was cutting corners on the palliative care to save expenses. And from what I know of my cousin, and I don't care if anyone hears this, I firmly believe his reason was to ensure a larger sum for his inheritance when my uncle and auntie pass away. So we looked into what could be done to have my auntie Miyu become the custodian of Uncle Kenzo's care, which required me to plan an extended stay in Japan starting in February of 2013 to help my auntie deal with all of the legal battles with Satu, who fought us every step of the way, as well as assist my auntie in understanding and executing all of the healthcare decisions she would have to make. Long story short, my auntie and I were able to improve the care plan so Uncle Kenzo was much more comfortable until he had passed away in April of 2014. Cousin Satu, of course, was not happy, for more money was spent in litigation than would have been spent if he had implemented the proper care in the first place. My auntie never forgave her son and essentially disinherited him. And while she was fairly self-sufficient at the time, Auntie Miu had named me to be her healthcare proxy when the need arose. My uncle had done so much for me throughout most of my life, and I was glad to be able to repay some of that during his final months. I had spent a total of 16 months away from the U.S., I was lucky that my employer was very accommodating. They allowed me to essentially telecommute from Kokobunji and had taken advantage of my then location to have me meet with production vendors in Beijing, Singapore, and Seoul. And while I would not give up the final time I was able to spend with Uncle Kenzo before his passing, the hardest part of that trip was, again, being apart from my wife and family. Namiko understood completely, though my kids did not at the time. And while they were able to make two brief visits to Japan during the school holidays, I had missed everyone's birthday that year. And spending Christmas of 2013 without my wife was especially difficult, for in Japan, that holiday is essentially celebrated like Valentine's Day. But I got through it. We got through it. We proved that we could weather the storm, as the song goes. And leaving what I loved did make the love grow stronger. And on May 30th, 2014, my long journey reached the end of the road, for I had finally returned home. 
I am sure many of us had to leave certain places and people behind in pursuit of our dreams, as well as the dreams of others. As I had stated in Episode 2 of this podcast, many of the tracks on Ms. Fox's Angel with an Attitude album are able to speak to so many people, and Dreams Unfold is no exception. I look forward to exploring more insights from other Samantha Fox singles in upcoming episodes of this podcast. Thank you for listening, and my thanks also to Rob Kelly, Siskoid, and Slangward Scott for the kind responses regarding my third episode of Zoom for Sam. And to answer your question, Rob, yes, Ms. Fox's interview clips are indeed exclusive to this podcast. I also wish to thank Chris Franklin, Tim Price, Shag Matthews, Coffee and Comics, Rolled Spine Podcasts, The Longbox Crusade, Max Romero, Ryan Daly, The Warlock Thanos Podcast, Daniel R. Budnick, and Liz and Oswald for promoting that episode on social media. As always, please feel free to leave a comment on the show notes page at fireandwaterpodcast.com. And until next time, stay foxy, my friends. The views expressed on this podcast program belong solely to the host, who is not affiliated in any way with any music record label or entertainment company. All copyright and trademarks of music, audio clips, and quoted text are held by their respective owners. These are used for illustrative and entertainment purposes only, and no copyright infringement is intended. Special thanks to Samantha Fox for the music and the encouragement. The Zoom for Sam podcast is a Professor Zoom Productions production. Production.